I'm going to let you in on a secret weapon that's going to skyrocket your sales without the unnecessary headaches that come with using one of the big player CRM systems. And that secret weapon is close, close CRM. Let's face it. We've all used a clunky, confusing CRM platform. The one that kind of makes you want to throw your laptop out the window. Well, close is going to save you time, money, and sanity. Close has all the powerful tools you need to manage your leads, track your deals, and crush your targets. It has built-in calling, emailing, SMS, multi-channel sequences, and meeting tracking. It's super easy to implement, and it's built for your business. You can stop screwing around with CRMs that aren't built for you and start selling and managing your customers today. Use the link in the show notes and enter the promo code SSP15. That's SSP15 for 15% off your first three months. Go check them out. I wanted to share a tool that I started using recently. And if you're doing any prospecting or lead sourcing from LinkedIn, it's definitely worth checking out. The tool is called Surf and it's spelled S-U-R-F-E. It's a Chrome extension that allows you to add contacts to your CRM directly from LinkedIn. I use it to add contacts quickly, follow my deals, keep track of my notes. And it's actually saved me a bunch of time. The data is always 100% accurate because I don't have to copy and paste each detail from each contact over to my CRM. Instead, Surf does it all for me automatically with just one click. Now, the folks over at Surf have been kind enough to put together a promo offer for fans of SSP. You can go to the link in the show notes and use the promo code JWSURF with an E5 for a 5% discount on your first year. Check out the link in the show notes and go check them out. Hey, what's up, SaaS sales players? It's Jesse. And in today's episode, I want to talk about side hustles. This is a topic that's come up quite a bit over the last few weeks in different conversations I've had with colleagues, coworkers, and of course, listeners like yourself who've reached out. And the question that I get a lot is, should I start a side hustle if I work in SaaS sales? And if so, what should that side hustle be? So I thought I'd dedicate a few minutes today to talking about side hustles, my take on when it's the right time to build one and when it's not, because I do think that this is all dependent on your current situation, your bandwidth, and frankly, it does come down to what your upside is in your day job in SaaS sales, because there are some roles and folks out there that are listening that have significant upside in terms of commission, promotions, career tracks, all that good stuff. And you don't want to be distracted with something that's going to take up your time and take your time away from hitting your targets and succeeding in your day job. So let's dig into it. I'll share some just high level thoughts around my take on side hustles, side hustles that I've done because transparently I have done side hustles. In fact, this podcast itself is a side hustle. And it didn't start out as a money-making opportunity for me. It started out more as a creative project that's now turned into something that is uh, a side income for me. But it's something that doesn't take that much time in the big scheme of things. So let's walk through sort of the breakdown there. And then I'll share a few ideas that I've seen and had around side hustles you could start that are complementary to your role in SaaS selling. Because I think it's important that if you're going to be a account ex- an account executive or an SDR in SaaS, that you focus on a side hustle that might complement your skill set and make you better at your craft. So let's dive into it. I'll take you back to some of the, the side hustles that I've done over the years and sort of the context. Actually, let me start with who should and shouldn't start a side hustle. So first of all, if you're in a role, um, it's really nuanced. And I don't know that I have like a well-baked out framework for this, but 
I'd say that if you're in a role that has a lot of upside potential, so in most cases, that's going to be an account executive closing role where you could close a, you know, commercial or enterprise level deal that's in the high five figures, six figures, or even seven figures in revenue. And if you're taking home more than 10% of that, which most comp plans in SaaS, you're taking home about 10% or 12 or 13% of the annual. And in some cases, you can ratchet that up to, I don't know, 20, 25%. I'm sure that exists with accelerators and things like that. So if you're in a role where maybe you're already being compensated at a six-figure base and you have really high upside, I'm talking you know tens of thousands of dollars in commissions on the table every single quarter or every single month, you might want to consider focusing as much as you can on that role. Now, I understand where people are coming from. A lot of the folks that reach out to me that ask about side hustles are wanting to have something in place that diversifies their skill set a little bit because let's face it, we've been in some really interesting times. This economy has been so strange for tech and a lot of people this year are feeling less certain in their job security, in their ability to stay employed and all that stuff. So I totally get where the desire to have a side hustle is coming from. I just think if you're in a role where you have the potential of making tens of thousands of dollars a month or quarter, that you probably don't want to dedicate, you don't want to take time away from prospecting, building your pipeline, developing partnerships, building out a process for you to improve your close rate or your win rate on your deals. Those are what you should really focus on if you're in an enterprise or a commercial account executive seat. Now, I'll get into some side hustle ideas that are very minimal in time. Uh, that might be, I don't want to use the word passive income because I think that's just sort of overdone, frankly. And I, I don't know how often there's passive income opportunities out there. I think almost every opportunity to make income requires some time investment at first. You know, maybe in the long run, something like real estate could be a passive investment, but I think there's a lot that it takes to get to the point where it's completely passive. And so we'll we'll focus on some ideas that might be minimal time investment for some output. But um, yeah, basically, if you're in a role where, and I think the other element too, is if you're if you're on a career track where you're trying to become the VP of sales in your company or the director of sales in your company, or you're on a leadership uh, trajectory, you probably don't want to take too much time away from the effort that you need to put in to also show that you're operational and that you can build a process at scales that you could be coaching other reps to do. So this is not a really formal analysis of who should and shouldn't start a, a side hustle, but I do think that certain roles just shouldn't take the focus off the ball uh, if there's there's a lot of upside there. So now that I got that out of the way, there's a lot of roles where you probably should be thinking about having some second or third or fourth stream of income that'll help you diversify a little bit. And you know, God forbid you lose your job, you get laid off, you get fired, whatever it is, you hit, you know, you put on a performance plan you have some backup way to pay some of your bills for a short time period or pay all your bills for a short time period. And I'm a huge fan of a lot of the thought leaders out there like Scott Lease, who I recently had on the show, who talks a lot about how he started side hustling while he was working a day job as a VP of sales. Now, one thing he talks about a lot though is he had to be sure to deliver in that day job while also building in the evening or weekend uh, his his side hustles that have eventually become his consulting business that he does now. And, and you can go back and listen to that episode. He talks all about the different ways that he's making money from consulting and events 
and uh, affiliate products and some things like that. So there's lots of options out there. And I think it is possible, even if you're in a really super high demand job or a super high um, demanding job, I should say, where there's a lot of hours invested in, you're in a leadership spot, whatever it is, even as an account executive, I can say that there's some pockets in the day where you could figure out how to work in a side hustle project, as long as you're sort of building it out over a longer period of time. So let's talk about some ideas that sellers can use uh, or some, some ideas that sellers can think about as their first side hustle opportunity. So some that I've done, and I'll share a couple of stories of, of different points in my career. One, one was when I was in a SDR leadership position. This was several years ago. And I frankly just missed closing deals. I felt like being a manager was fun and I was learning a bunch. I was especially learning a lot about how businesses operate, how leadership works, et cetera. But I missed just closing deals and working directly with customers. So what I did in the, the downtime, and I didn't have a lot of downtime, but I had some time in the evenings and in the early mornings where I wanted to focus on trying to make an extra thousand bucks a month. That was my goal. And what I did was I learned how to run Facebook ads for uh, dermatology practices. Super long story how I got into that particular niche. It comes down to having a relative who's a dermatologist who'd asked me to help out just on the weekends with some ad campaigns that he was running. And when I realized I could actually deliver leads to a dermatology business, I had the thought like I should probably reach out to three or four others. Uh, or hell, maybe I should reach out to a hundred others, right? And so I started just cold emailing uh, a couple of dermatologists around the country. I just did like actually a, a big campaign or a blast. And I got, I think two or three different dermatology offices to pay me a retainer of around $1,000 a month. So what I wasn't great at though was managing the fulfillment of that. And so it didn't last super long. It lasted, you know, a matter of months, really. It wasn't something that I'm still doing today. It's not something I'm still doing today. It wasn't something that lasted years, but it was a way to make some extra cash. You know, I delivered some leads to these companies and set up their campaigns, helped them do that. So finding a service like that, maybe it's ancillary, but not competitive to your day job might be the way to go for you. So something like managing a campaign for somebody, managing a service that you can provide whatever that service is, and then, you know, kind of doing the arbitrage between that, selling that as a retainer service. That's a great way to make an extra thousand, two thousand, three thousand $3,000 a month. It's something that you could always scale up if you lose your job. If you're interested in it, if you like doing that kind of work, it's something that could become a full-time thing for you too, an agency or something like that. So that was one example. Um, another example of a side hustle that I did was a friend of mine who's a recruiter. She had tapped me for some kind of outsource business development work. So what I would do is I would help her reach out to firms that had open searches for executives and she was an executive recruiter. So I would help her find and connect, you know, just basically make an intro between her, the recruiter, her recruiting agency and the firm that was hiring an executive. And if that deal closed, she would pay me a small commission on uh, on the deal. So that was another way. And it's, that's the kind of thing that doesn't really take very much time. I would just basically take an hour in the evening while I was watching TV and I would go and find open recs for executive positions on a website. And then I would just email the person who was the, the leader above the role that was open. So for example, if it was the VP of engineering that they were looking for at a company, I would email the CTO of that company and say, Hey, my friend's a recruiter. She does a, you know, custom fee schedule. It's going to save you some money on, on the search. Can I make an introduction? 
And I got a really good response rate on that. I had quite a few people respond and, and end up doing a, a contract with my friend and she would pay me a commission anytime that happened. So that's another example. A lot of people don't think about recruiting and using your network to help source talent or place talent. You probably already know a bunch of recruiters in your role. And if you do, you can use those recruiters. You can reach out and say, hey, how can I help you find searches, find candidates, and maybe we can work out a way to, to make some side money on that. I wanted to share a tool that I started using recently. And if you're doing any prospecting or lead sourcing from LinkedIn, it's definitely worth checking out. The tool is called Surf and it's spelled S-U-R-F-E. It's a Chrome extension that allows you to add contacts to your CRM directly from LinkedIn. I use it to add contacts quickly, follow my deals, keep track of my notes. And it's actually saved me a bunch of time. The data is always 100% accurate because I don't have to copy and paste each detail from each contact over to my CRM. Instead, Surf does it all for me automatically with just one click. Now, the folks over at Surf have been kind enough to put together a promo offer for fans of SSP. You can go to the link in the show notes and use the promo code JWSURF with an E5 for a 5% discount on your first year. Check out the link in the show notes and go check them out. So I've done that actually not just for one friend, I've done that for probably two or three other recruiting firms also where I've introduced either a candidate or a client to the firm and been paid a check sometimes, uh, you know, in the thousands of dollars. So think about that one's a great side hustle also. Uh, consulting businesses, you know, maybe there's something you're really good at, whether that's pipeline generation, closing deals, sales operations, HubSpot, whatever your specialty is, you might be able to start an agency on the side. And it's even better if you can learn how to delegate some of the clerical work out to uh, a contractor or an outsourced firm or something like that. And you can capitalize on being the middle person between the, the transaction, between the client and you know the end team, right? So uh, you can always think about things that you're good at that you might be able to consult companies on. And since you already know how to sell deals because you're in SaaS sales, or you already know how to generate pipeline, you're going to be a leg up on anyone else who's also trying to start a similar consultancy. So consulting businesses are great. I think what those come down to though also is having a really defined product offer and a really defined audience or uh, ICP and uh, ideal customer profile. You've got to know who is the best fit for your services and what your services really are. And then you got to have a really tight scope of work so that you're not doing above and beyond the call of duty. Because what happens a lot of times in consulting contracts is you end up doing a lot more work than you initially scope and you don't necessarily get compensated for that extra work. So be careful with consulting businesses. They can go out of hand, but they're a great way to generate cash really quickly. And you can use your, your existing skill set to start that, that consultancy, your existing skill set and your existing network, I should say too, to start a consulting business. Another one that I'm going to share, which this one's uh, like, how do I put this? This one is a secret that's hidden in plain sight. I'll say, uh, a lot of people aren't aware that this is a great way to make money, especially in B2B. And that is affiliate marketing. A lot of people see videos on TikTok or wherever reels about how someone's an affiliate for, I don't know, some trendy like e-commerce product or piece of clothing or whatever it is. But what most people don't realize is there is a massive opportunity for affiliating software companies or affiliating tech products. And almost every tech company that I can think of has a partner or channel program or they have an affiliate program. And what it really comes down to is you can reach out to 
these teams. So products that you like using or products that you've used in the past or you've paid for uh, or your company's paid for, you can reach out to those companies and say, hey, I would love to promote your products. How can I become an affiliate partner or how can I become a channel partner for your company? And usually the commissions on, on these types of deals are 10 to 20% of the first year typically is what you can negotiate. Uh, there's a there's a product called Partner Stack you can look into. This is an easy way to pick up affiliates. But if you've got a product that you love using, reach out to some people on the team. If you don't know who to reach out to, you can reach out to like the sales leadership. There's probably a channel or a partner team member. You can even reach out to their executive team, like their COO or their CEO and say, hey, I want to help sell more of your product. How can I be an affiliate? And again, usually you can negotiate like a 10 or 20% commission on the annual deal. So if it's a piece of software, uh, you know, 10 to 20%, let's say you're affiliating a product that someone ends up buying 10 or 100 licenses, you would get commissioned on that deal. And so if you're already, you know, talking to people day to day that you might be able to recommend a, a product that works for them and get a commission on it, that's a really easy, seamless way to start making extra money on the side without really doing much extra effort. All you really need to do is set up an affiliate link and maybe a coupon code or something like that and start recommending that product to, to people you're already talking to in your, in your workflow. And you got to be careful because you don't want to have any conflicts of interest. You don't want to have any competing offers uh, against your day job because that's a quick way to get yourself fired. One thing I should have led this whole episode with is a big PSA that you should definitely check your work agreement, your contract, your employment handbook, whatever you can check that will determine whether or not you're able to go out and do some of these things. You don't want to jeopardize your day job over a side hustle. The goal with side hustles, I think, in SaaS sales should be to have uh, diversification of your income, an extra stream of income in case something bad happens. And that's really it. You don't want to jeopardize. You don't want to bite the hand that feeds, right, is the old saying. So uh, affiliate marketing, but in the B2B space is a really great opportunity. Definitely go check out Partner Stack. And if you have an audience on LinkedIn or Twitter or some other social media, it's even better because you can start to promote these things to your audience. But I also don't think you need an audience to do that. I think you can do it with just recommending it to people that are in your client base and your existing network and possibly recommending it to people you're already talking to on a day to day. So what else? What I'm, I'm trying to think through. Real estate is probably a really great uh, investment opportunity. I personally don't have any investment real estate. I own only the home that I live in right now. But I know that in the past, I've looked at doing investment properties, things like duplexes and commercial and all kinds of different things. Those are where a lot of people think about having passive income. As I mentioned earlier, I think there's a lot of work to get there. Usually there's a lot of capital involved to get started there. And I don't want to speak out of turn. I am not a real estate expert. So if that's something you're interested in, there's tons of podcasts that talk about real estate as an investment. And I think it, it's probably a good idea. It, it, it's definitely a great side hustle for SaaS sellers because once you get through the initial you know, purchase of, a, of an investment property and if you hire a property manager to manage your renters or if you're just going to flip the house or whatever, however you want to do it, I don't think there's a lot of time uh, distraction from doing your day-to-day -day as a SaaS seller. So it, it could make for a really great side hustle opportunity. Let me talk about content creation too. As a content creator myself, it's really hard and it's not something that is going to yield money for a really long time. Let me just warn everybody out there who is thinking they should start a podcast or a TikTok channel 
or a YouTube channel, you can get there. And there's a lot of creators out there that are making a substantial amount of money on their content. And B2B is an interesting niche. In my opinion, it is starting to get pretty saturated. I do still think there's room for creators who wanna talk about unique and different angles in B2B sales, B2B marketing, et cetera. But what I'll say is like, for example, with a podcast, you can't really start to monetize a podcast for quite a long time. You've gotta have a pretty substantial following. Uh, you've gotta have a lot of downloads for advertisers to start to take interest in your content. And then even once you do have quite a few followers or downloads on your episodes, there's a pretty small payout depending on uh, you know the, the size of your, your audience or the, the amount of downloads you get. You've got to kind of be at a pretty big level to make a serious income from it, but it's a nice side hustle. And then things like TikTok and YouTube, I know that you can grow your, your channel or your handle to a point where you're getting a lot of clicks on ads and things like that. And this comes back to like the affiliate promotions and products. You can definitely make a good amount of money on the side doing that. It just takes a really long time to build a brand, a profile. And I'm not going to pretend I have it all figured out. I've been doing this for three years and it, I'm still learning a bunch about how to promote my show. I'm still not as consistent as I want to be. And there's still a lot of work that I want to do and, and need to do to grow the podcast. So just know that if you're going to get into the content creation space, it's going to be a slow process. You have to be willing to go a long time, maybe even a year or two years before you see your first dollar from your content. And sometimes that, that money doesn't necessarily come from ads. In my case, my first uh, funding for the podcast actually came from coaching listeners like yourself uh, on an individual basis. That was actually the easiest path. I didn't want to roll out ads right away in the pod. I wanted to get to a certain point before I did that. And I'm now finally to a point in the show's life cycle that I can read ads and uh, there's enough traffic on the episodes that it makes you know financial sense to do so. But early on, I didn't want to clutter up the content with a bunch of ad reads. I wanted to be as organic as possible and authentic as possible. So just know it's, it's complicated and it does take a lot of time. So if, if creating content is something interesting to you, reach out. I'd love to help you out in launching your channel or your TikTok or whatever but just know that you're not going to be able to start getting thousand dollar checks out of the gates. It's going to take, you know, a really long time before you start seeing uh, dollars pour in They're digital dimes that not even, you know, dollars that, that come from creating content. Now, if your content's really good and you've got something that no one else is offering in the marketplace, you'll, you'll prove me wrong and you'll find some captive audience and, and scale really quickly. I've seen some shooting stars in the business uh, of content creation it happens all the time but it's definitely the uh, exception, not the norm. What else? I'm trying to think through other ideas that I've had over the years, other things that I've executed on. That's, that, those are really the big ones. Um, I'm sure there's tons of others. I, you know, starting an e-commerce store or selling a, you know, a product that you drop ship or something like that. Again, not really in my expertise, but I know there's probably some people doing that. That might be a great asynchronous way to build a a side hustle while still also keeping your day job as a, a seller in SaaS. But just know that those are also, um, you know, they can sometimes cost a lot up front and there's also a lot of time investment up front. Oh, forgot to mention one of the other side hustles I was doing for a while. I was building custom WordPress websites for businesses like solar companies, realtors, insurance brokers, who else? Um, I had a client that was in the firearm space for a while. And I built him a custom e-commerce website. So 
there's uh there's an opportunity there for like arbitraging like websites or social media profiles or handles or doing design work all kinds of opportunities out there and again since you already have an advantage of knowing how to sell selling your own services can be pretty straightforward and pretty easy for you because if you think about someone who is a graphic designer who's really good but doesn't know how to sell versus a seller who can figure out graphic design you're gonna have a big advantage if you're selling graphic design services to small businesses right uh, now as long as these don't end up taking a bunch of time to fulfill that's where it can get really challenging but if you can put together some sort of offering that's very scalable that's easy to plug and play or you can outsource the work and so in my case what i was doing is i was selling wordpress websites and i had a partner who was um who's actually down in mexico someone that i had met just online that we had had some networking and he was just really good at implementing websites and crms and things like that and so i actually hired him or i subcontracted out the work to him and we split the you know the, the cost i worked with the client and did all the client interfacing because that's what i do best and he worked on like the back end of building this you know woocommerce website with a bunch of images and product descriptions and buttons and things like that right so if you can find a partner like that who can fulfill on the technology side and you can take on the client side there's also some significant opportunities in that as well so Hope this helps someone out there who's thinking through how they can make some extra cash on the side, whether they should or shouldn't make some extra cash on the side as a SaaS seller. Again, focus on where your upside is. If you're in a role that has significant upside and in, you just it, it might just make sense to put more hours into closing big deals versus trying to build something on the side. But I think generally for everybody, it's a good idea to have some diversification in your income, to have something to fall back on and of course, something to look forward to later in your career when at some point you might want to exit this crazy business and get into self-employment in some way. So thanks for listening. Reach out if I can be a resource and have a great day. 